Hello, and welcome to the Kylo Show. I'm Brittany Serple. Go ahead, Ben. I'm Ben Serple. <laughs> and I'm Danny Serple. <laughs> Serple's first, and so yeah. I'm back. He is. We have been with us today because we are um, still tackling the parenting topic. Uh, if you caught the last episode, we talked about toddlers and... We are on kind of on set for our Imperfect Parenting Podcast, which is Ben and I's parenting podcast that we've been. This is the first season Ben joined, has joined me at the Imperfect Parenting Podcast, but I've been doing it I'm for... I'm finally an imperfect parent. You are. Congratulations. <laughs> so proud of you. Um, but yeah, my that series of podcasts has been going for about four years, and Seth Dahl's been on it for most mm-hmm. of it, and Derek Johnson was on the first season. But that was actually... Other than the Loving on Purpose podcast that we first did years mm. and years and years and Back years in the ago, 1900s. and then we stopped forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Imperfect parenting was came almost five years ago, and it was called Coffee Kids and Crazy. But I was the first one to start a podcast down here, and uh, since we moved, and then we did the Kylo Show. You're the winner. I'm, well, I was trying to think, like, how long after I started my podcast did we start the Kylo show? Was it, like, two years later? I don't know uh, how, many, how long we've been doing this. I don't remember. I mean, it like was in the years. first office, you know. Yeah. So. Two years? Yeah. Okay. So two years. You're two years behind my podcast here. But anyways, so we're, <laughs> we've got the, the Kylo show that kind of looks like Imperfect Parenting a bit on set, and we have been... Um, so we're doing a little bit of what we do on our podcast, uh, just cause we are talking about parenting, which is something that came back on our survey mm-hmm. that you wanted. So here we are. Uh, but we always do a meme on our podcast and we just to laugh at the reality of people's cleverness mm-hmm. around parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to do this one again? I was thinking we should have your dad read this one since oh. his, we're all joining forces here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be fun to have, have your dad because he probably has this story <laughs> a couple times over. Yeah. The yes. good thing is you don't really have to describe what this looks like because it's, it's just, just words. words. Yeah. So this one says, my kids can pick up 300 Easter eggs from the yard in 90 seconds, but it takes them three months to pick up five toys in their room. <laughs> all yeah. the parents went, oh, you get me. <clears throat> yep. I I saw another video of a parent that says how to make sure my kids don't sneak their Christmas presents. And I'm like, what is he going to do? You know, what clever way, where is he going to hide it? And he puts it on the first two steps of the stairs. I'll <laughs> <laughs> never see it. And yeah. it's not even wrapped. It's just right it's there. there. <laughs> They'll never touch it. Exactly. And I thought, oh, uh, that fits really well with even this meme because it feels very true. I don't know how many times Lincoln's, I think Lincoln's sweatpants are still there mm. for, that have been there for three days now. That's funny. So that is, uh, that's it, but... Anyways, we're jumping into um, adolescence. We did toddlers before, but we're going to talk about adolescence in this one and kind of the, you know, the the difference in my mind is I, I think toddlers are, you know, they're there's lots of power struggles. They they want to be in control of everything, but they really can't at all. There's they can't really be in control of much, you know. They can put their shoes on maybe by themselves. You can still pick them up. Yeah, and there's just so the reality of their 
need to exercise this freedom and independence, it feels like it starts to actually become something you can empower more so in ad- adolescence. And um, you can still empower it in toddlers in different ways, but as far as like whether or not they get their homework done, whether or not they, you know, clean their room and they can't have their friend over until their room's clean. I mean, the, the, it just starts to change as far as this, their need for independence, what you can um, empower them in, and even see, I think there's something that happens in this level of adolescence that they are craving and recognizing, I am different. I am not mm-hmm. my mom. I am not my dad. I, I have my own desires and wants. And, and then they try and express it, and it comes out as a whole nother level of fun. So diving into that a little bit, what are your thoughts on um, kind of seeing the difference between the toddlers and adolescents? Would you say that they're crave for independence? Hair. <laughs> <laughs> We're not quite the teenagers, but hair's coming, yeah. yeah. That's where it starts. <laughs> Lincoln's like, there's there's one hair on my leg today. That's true. Yeah. Um well, I think that the, you know, the adolescent is uh, someone that is very much experimenting with a bunch of their brain coming on. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they've they've kind of moved through various childhood levels, and now they're 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 able to reason. They're able to think mm-hmm. complex thoughts. You know, like the, all of a sudden, racism is a. a, a a concept, mm-hmm. um, politics. You know, there's all these different things that adolescents begin to th- consider because they can they can hold opposing ideas in their head. They can abstract things. So that's that's a real deal. That's you know that begins to make conversations between parents and children much different because mm-hmm. the the uh, the need for respect, mm-hmm. you know, based on the temperament of that child, is 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 elevating mm. like you better bring some respect when you talk to me because I can think mm. in ways I've not been able to up until now and the parent is like oh, I've been on this planet <laughs> for all of you know whatever long and I'm way down the track from you yet yeah, nonetheless I I can think in ways that you did not consider yeah. me and our relationship you did not consider me this able a thinker in your presence mm-hmm. And so you better catch up. And that, I think, is a, a, a big lag for parents is they just don't offer the respect for the child's ability to perceive and to process and, and, and really to even decide. Hmm. Why do you feel like that there's such a breakdown of their ability to give respect to someone that is learning how to think for themselves? Um, it, it's just a it's just a shocking change. Mm-hmm. It, it's just uh, it, it, we get a little bit lazy, I think, as parents. Like I yeah. can, uh, which is kind of what kept, keeps us on the heels. Like <laughs> our kids growing and changing and moving, and we're way back here. <laughs> and so it takes a big crisis usually for a parent to catch up. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they catch up, the kid changes again. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, here comes another piece of their brain. All of a sudden, you know, and so. If you don't proactively study what's going on with your kid, understand you know the the phases of develop, development that are coming, 
you will constantly be playing catch up and you'll keep violating needs that they have that not intentionally you just you know you just didn't know that's why the first pancake you know the the child number one test child number one is such a teacher because it opens you up to all these things that you did not know were coming so when the second child goes through them Typically, they're a completely different personality with different needs, but at least you go, oh, this is that, this is that thing that happened. Uh-huh. And then the third child comes along, you're like, oh, yeah, well, well nothing bothers me anymore. <laughs> and the fourth child comes along, you go, how many children do we have? I don't even remember how many children we have. What's your name? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's busting those things out for parents that opens up in us a, uh, a spot to put this behavior. Like, yeah. oh. This is what your sister did. Oh, we missed it on that one. Mm -hmm. Let's get it right on this one. Yeah. One of the common things we're talking about, Brittany and I, to couples when we meet with them or on that podcast when we're speaking, is is what to do with with disrespect. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's it's such a common, I I mean, to, to play the other side of what you're saying, I think it's such a common experience in families is we don't know what to do with disrespect, so we just keep it going. Mm-hmm. And, and it starts in the marriage, and that becomes the, the culture maker of our home, is disrespect is okay. Mm-hmm. And then we have to disrespect each other out or, or further to find out who's, who's winning this, this battle today. But I, I, I think just that point feels so important and, and probably even foreign to some parents like, it's my job to respect this child's emotions, needs, and, and especially difference of opinion. And I, I, I think my question right there, Danny, would, would be what, what is your working definition of respect that you would have parents consider, especially at, at, at this stage with mm-hmm. their kids? Um, I, I think it is very similar to that culture of honor definition, mm-hmm. you know, two powerful yeah. people working together to meet the needs of each other and the needs of the situation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and that's that requires a lot of listening and it requires uh, effective communication. So that would be one of the reasons why I want to do a good job training my child to talk, yeah. to, mm-hmm. to recognize what's going on with them, to be able to I- inform other human beings of what they don't know, which is what's going on inside of me. Let me tell you, not show you, and then you have to read my mind kind of stuff. But a lot of parents are learning that themselves. A lot of parents are trying to figure out in their marriage how to communicate what's going on with them to set their spouse up for success. Well, the same thing you're doing with your adolescent. You're like, okay, let me show you me. Let me show you how I'm experiencing you. That hurts me when you talk to me like that. Instead of, don't you ever talk to me like that. I control the words that come out of your (laughs) mouth, little boy. (laughs) Like, you know, you don't. That's why you're so upset. Yeah. You know, and and so the, 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 the immaturity in them will tap and trigger the immaturity in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to take responsibility for that. What, how quickly are you going to yeah. mature your immaturity? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you will respond immaturely and disrespectfully. And because you have power, essentially, which is to uh, arrange 
the consequences for other people, you can punish them. In your immaturity, you can punish them. Mm -hmm. Now, that feels pretty disrespectful. So if you respond with disrespect to disrespect, you are planting a field of disrespect, and you will be harvesting that stuff for a while, mm. yeah. not understanding. And then we'll, we'll call teenagers rebellious and disrespectful. And you're like, right. oh, you know, you got to understand that uh, this is a perpetuating cycle. Mm-hmm. So as a parent, I have, to, I have to say something to the effect of how much disrespect gets to live in our family culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's a... So I, I think... A, the biggest place where there's a lot of rub with parents, and I was thinking about your, you're just saying I have to manage my immaturity, and then how much disrespect is in our our family culture, and it's even you know moment by moment. Lincoln is our adolescent in the house, mm-hmm. you know, and yesterday we were doing homework, and he's got you know four things he hasn't finished that are past due, and. He needs help because he's got a big project that he's got to present on. And so in order to do that, we got to do the other things and all the stuff. And so I said, I'm available to help you right now. And he doesn't – what he does is he goes, well, I'm dad's going to help me. <laughs> dad said he's going to help me. I said, okay, well, dad's building drawers in Adeline's room right now, so he's not really available. So would you like my help or would you like to not be able to do this and continue to get a bad grade? Because you can't have your switch until you've – done your schoolwork so let me know what you'd like to do and so in his disappointment of his actions and living in the consequences he has some emotions and i think that's the place where a lot of times parents immaturity show up is that that child's emotions now yeah. trigger my emotions and so i react to your emotions of you honestly just having a bad day mm-hmm. like he's having a bad day it's a bad heavy. moment and i'm not saying that I, I let him, you know, be disrespectful to me and I just deal with it and I just carry it and I ignore it. I, so in his having a bad moment, I said to him, you know, because he's, he's mopey. He's not super disrespectful. His disrespect looks like mopey, not really trying. Disengaging. Disengaging, and which just irritates me so much <laughs> because I am here to help. So let's put some... Gas on this fire and go. <coughs> Solve this problem. <laughs> yes. So I look at him and I said, Lincoln, look at me. Can, you, can I see your eyes? I said, son, I know you feel overwhelmed right now. There's a lot of things that we got to check off here. I get it. It's not fun. It was a poor choice made, but we're here. And I'm here to help you, which means I need you to figure out what you're going to do. Because I only want to help someone that's going to be kind and that's going to show up and work. Otherwise, I'm going to find something else to do. And he goes, okay. I just am frustrated. I said, totally. I get it. Can you figure it out, or are we going to do this later? He took a deep breath, (laughs) and we just pounded it out. And we got everything done, and he was so motivated, so we had to, Ben and I had to leave, and I'm like, okay, can you get this done? And on your own, he goes, yeah, this is easy. I can do it. Like All of a sudden, from this encounter, instead of me getting all irritated and his irritated, I actually gave him some courage. Yep. I gave him some courage to face the problem, to tackle it, and in helping him, he discovered, oh, 
I can do this. I don't need your help. I just needed to help get motivated because I was not motivated. And so that I think is what I'm, I want parents to grasp, especially with adolescence is we're teaching them this place of grit and resilience and leaning in and the hard, but not reacting to their poor response to our, here's the consequence in your life because you didn't do your homework. And, and I think that gets missed a lot of the time because we come in tired or we come in not prepared that our kids are going to still be kids. You know, we expect them to be adults or, I don't know, not react. I mean, I would be super frustrated if I got handed an email from work and says, oh, you incompleted these seven things and then we've got a bunch of filming to do. I pretty much would be like, nope. <laughs> checked out see you later i'm just gonna binge watch something on netflix like that's what i want to do but i can't do that because i have to do work and this is the same thing for kids but my initial response is i'm frustrated and disappointed and i feel like a failure i gotta fight through feeling like a failure right here because this 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 is where we're learning this a little bit it's like the first introduction to it it feels like mm. it's pretty mild at adolescent age but it's the first introduction to this. Yeah. And I, I think those moments are possible, like just the things we talk about over and over again on the Kylo show on, on imperfect parenting is the practice of connection and then the practice of respectful exchanges and, and keeping the standard of respect high. When these moments happen, which which this happens with Lincoln often, he'll, he'll react to something, I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. He gets a little bit of courage and he come back and go, guess what I did? Yeah. I did it. <laughs> All the things I just did. <clears throat> and if, if, if I violate the culture we've been practicing for so long, I miss this opportunity where he gets mm-hmm. to come back and go, I am capable. I, I can do that. Because I actually chase away the courage with this respect, with this connection. So I, I think these things we talk about all the time is what makes the moments you're describing with Lincoln yesterday possible. Mm-hmm. And it's just the, I, I'm just so thankful that we've practiced this and we're going to keep practicing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have an adult child. We're still practicing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think it goes away, but it's it, like Danny's talking about. There, there is little fruit moments when we're bearing fruit. And I think there's the teenage years, too, where we find out what were the seeds we planted. Mm-hmm. You know, what actually happened here? No. I think even the uh, when Lincoln does come back and all of a sudden he's taken all the advice that you've given. He's inc- <laughs> done all the things. And to not be like, well, yeah, I told you so. Mm-hmm. I think that's the other yeah. thing that... Um, Good job, buddy. It, it's the temptation is to almost validate your own wisdom <laughs> rather than being happy that your child took it and then decided to, you know, activate it in their life. I think that's the other part of maturity that you're walking on. Hey, Ben and Brittany Serple here. So every parent from the beginning of time has discovered... The kids don't come with a manual. Parenting is a learning journey from the beginning to the very end, and it's full of lessons, challenges, questions, mistakes, and lots of messes. One of the biggest reasons so many of us get scared, discouraged, and overwhelmed as parents is we think the goal of parenting is to be perfect parents who raise perfect children, which leads us to move towards a fear-driven strategy that focuses on avoiding messes and use control and punishment to change their behavior. This is why we created the podcast, Imperfect Parenting, to talk about the true goal of parenting, 
a safe, loving, heart-to-heart connection with our kids as we guide them on their own journey to becoming healthy, confident, and emotionally intelligent. Seth Dahl joins Ben and I to bring you the tools you need to be fully engaged in the journey of building a healthy, connected family culture where your children can thrive. So, if you're a parent, join us for some laughter, relatable stories, solutions to those tough questions, and insights into the challenges we all face on this parenting journey. You can listen by searching Imperfect Parenting on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. We'll see you there. A lot of times there's um, opportunity for shared control in adolescent years. Like as, as we're trying to practice, how do we share control? Because if you don't share control, you're going to lose all the control. Um you know, I think of the funny little video you have about the horse kicking the guy. <laughs> it's, you did that forever when you were teaching mm-hmm. Love and Logic stuff. Was he's it's in this some kind of it looks like a contained little area. Like he's, there's, there's no way this horse is going to be able to hurt anybody, and this guy's brands the horse, mm-hmm. and somehow the horse is like come up out <laughs> of what looks like it should be secure in these wood blocks or wood slats, and kicks the guy and the guy goes out of frame. <laughs> Just <laughs> gone. How do we share control when we feel scared? Like when they're not practicing their thinking brain or their consequences well, like how do we navigate that without just freaking out wanting to control everything? Well, th- right there is the worst time to start practicing. You <laughs> That's know. good point. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have like... <laughs> <laughs> zero capacity in your head to be creative right there yeah, because no. you're stressed out of your mind. You yeah. want control. Mm-hmm. When you are stressed, you want control. You're scared. You're hurt. You feel powerless. You want total control. So you had better have momentum on totally controlling you. Mm-hmm. you know, all the control freaks out there better learn to control their freaking self. This is where you do have some control. So you've been working up until this moment to share control when it didn't matter. Mm. So all the choices that you have offered in the relationship, every time you address your child, you are dropping choices out there. You want the red cup, the blue cup. You want to sit in the front seat, the back seat. You want to walk in front of me, behind me. You want to write your name on top of the paper or the bottom of the paper. You want to wear the red jacket or the green jacket. You want to put this sleeve on first or this sleeve on first. You are so prepared Mm -hmm. for the moment where you have to offer two choices do you want to be fun or do you want to go sit in your room until you're fun? You know, you better have that kind of momentum going so that you can say, this is no fun. I'm not going to have this conversation if it's no fun for me. Mm-hmm. Do you want my help with this or do you want to do this by yourself? That momentum that comes from all that that respect you were paying when you didn't even have to. You know, you <laughs> didn't even have to be respectful. You were just yeah. doing it because it's part of your character. Mm-hmm. It, it pops out when it really matters because you're, you're going to control your freaking self. Mm-hmm. And that is hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I think that's the part that's so hard to do is I'm really, really scared, and you could make a really hurtful decision or um, costly decision. And, and the hard 
part about parenting is that it is this life of sacrifice. And so your child's decision to not do their homework or not go to practice or whatever it is, it, it, there is some consequence that involves our life often. And I, that's the hard part of laying down your life for these kids is that it's a life of sacrifice, which means I'm going to get a letter from the teacher. I'm going to have to sit in the teacher's office and be in trouble for them not doing their homework, you know, or I'm going to, the coach is going to be mad at me, or I'm going to have to walk through, you know, I'm tired. I don't want to do this. I have other things I need to do, but I have to engage to walk out this process. There's That's the other part of right here, going back to even the toddler land, is my, my decision to make, to partner with them and their success is the willingness to have a life of sacrifice that I give to you. And I mean, it's, it's just a reflection of the Lord literally laid down his life for us. It's, this is the closest thing that we could ever have that is laying our life down because you love someone so much. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that is, that's what you should be looking at this. Like this is the smallest little example of, becoming as much like Christ as you can. So I'm, I want to give you everything, which means I have to be willing to lay it all down. And that feels like it's really hard because we want to control. <laughs> which is adult <laughs> children coming your way, baby. That's what's coming. <laughs> Stay tuned. But that I feel like this is a, such a powerful place to even recognize that I'm, I'm training you, but I'm also... I have to have the vision and, and desire to live a life of sacrifice to see you be successful. Yeah. I feel like if you miss that part of the calling of parenting, it 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 makes that uh, that door of control so much more tempting. Yeah. And calling you into this space, you know. Well, it happens because you didn't have a plan. Yeah. You know, you didn't have a plan to do anything except exactly what you said. Mm. You know, that's that's what happens is I didn't have a, a plan to deal with your independence. I mm. have zero plan. So when you exercise it, I am out of control. <laughs> I am powerless. I am stripped naked. I am embarrassed. I am angry. I feel threatened. Mm. All I know how to do is to get big. I'm just going to get big right here, and hopefully you buy it. <laughs> you know, hopefully you buy it that big puffy me is more powerful yeah. than normal size me. Mm -hmm. mm. I Just as you both talking, I'm sitting here thinking it's these moments right here that confronts that thing in parents if they have this goal. If they have the goal of shared control and creating a, a healthy environment, whole healthy family, I I think the, sh the shared control practice, the choices over and over again, all this begins to confront any place in me where I still believe I can control someone else. Mm -hmm. If I have, have a different goal and I don't have a plan, that's going to show up over and over again. Mm -hmm. But I think the, you know, I'm, I'm looking for, for places for this to be confronted. You know, the sacrifice you're talking about really is the invitation to humility. Is it, is it I'm, I'm going to live from a humble place that, I think it's C.S. Lewis says something to the effect of humility isn't thinking less of yourself, it's just thinking of yourself less, which if this control thing gets loud enough, I'm, it's all about me. Mm -hmm. It's because I'm so scared and I want to protect myself. Mm -hmm. And so chasing away that thing with 
with this, this sacrificial invitation with this. I, I think part of it, too, is I just keep thinking about, and this is such a new thing for us in our parenting journey with Delaney moving out. Um, and then I, I look back through our parenting years just thinking it's happened so many times where we have to adjust to the new season. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think one of my questions in that I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear from both of you is, why do you think parents struggle with that piece right there? They, they have a hard time when, when our kids go, go to the, the next stage of development. We struggle moving with them mm-hmm. so often. <laughs> I think because we thought we finally figured it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think there's a thing inside of human beings that's just got it. Uh, well, I I, I want to say it's lazy, mm. you know, but it's it's uh, it, it seeks comfort. We mm-hmm. seek to be comfortable, right? So mm-hmm. when we've done the work to get to the next phase, we're like, ta-da! I get to kick off my shoes, and I, I, I mean, I was just talking with somebody the other day about they got promoted to this top level of this department, and they kicked off their shoes, and they quit working hard, and they're about to lose their job. Hmm. They got promoted to the highest level, and they thought it was a reward hmm. instead of the next level of responsibility. And Good. that is what happens to us, I think, is like, all right, I'm, you know, I, I made it to the NFL. I don't have to go to practice anymore. Hey, what do you mean I'm being cut? Like, <laughs> wait a minute, I've been working my whole life to get here. You know, it's like, yeah, that's how this works. You, you are now in the next level of responsibility in your leadership. Brace yourself. Prepare mm-hmm. for it. Embrace it and, and lead. And I, I just think parents, you know, they – they don't think of it in 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 the a process of more responsibility. We think of it in the process of I should be able to take a day off now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I tell parents all the time: your kids are going to change about every six to nine months. Mm-hmm. So just when you feel like you've hit that sweet spot and it's cruising, you just uh, had another baby. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't take your foot off the gas. It's it's just get ready for the next wave of learning that's coming. And you know, depending on what your ages of your kids are, it's just whose turn is it this turn? Um, and it, it is. It's lots of learning. And if you don't stay the leader, your child will find a leader. Hmm. That's the hard part. Is that if you don't stay that position in their life as being a leader, that is creating opportunities for them as empowerment you're becoming a safe place for them they will go and find that somewhere else and usually they're really poor in judgment and they find it in their peers you know well they'll find themselves <laughs> like, Ta-da, i'll be the leader of this thing if you're just gonna leave it laying here i'll pick it up yeah. and and that's that's the truth so you've got to remain the leader and it's not when i say leader it's not this harsh authoritarian style person it's it's leading how the lord leaves like mm-hmm. that's that's what i would i would phrase it that's what you're looking to to do is lead like him um but it it does it happens all the time every every few months all of a sudden we are a new house we are a new a new struggle a new so, so if, I mean, we got three kids, and I feel like they have their different moments of highlighting. We're in highlighting. We're 
okay, okay. And sometimes they, they like to highlight themselves all at the same time, and that is really exhausting. <laughs> but that's just the name of the game, which means I've got to figure out how do I keep growing. And if you don't have a value for growth, then I don't know that you ultimately have a, a value for seeing the success that God has planned for your family. Yeah. And that's the hard truth is growth and parenting feel like they go hand in hand. Yeah. And your willingness to see that and take that is really important. I was just looking at our notes here, and it says what tools are most helpful in this. I, you know, I think the one that we, just like with toddlers, we introduce fun or room, mm-hmm. and we use that to death. Um, I think the next tool that I remember that really stuck with me was something called hassle time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was, are you sure you want to hassle me with this? Yeah. Which is an, a, t- a question. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. And they go, well, I'm done. I'm all done. Nope. All done hassling you with this thing that I'm doing. Or I'll trade you time. You know, And this is another love and logic tool mm-hmm. that we picked up from the 1900s. <laughs> but it uh, very much sets the table for choose this day mm-hmm. how you're going to live tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm not here to punish you, but I'm very much here to train you in when you decide to be uh, disrespectful, self-centered, self-serving, uh, obnoxious, destructive, whatever that thing it is that you're doing, I see that. I see that thing you're doing. I would like to just introduce, would you like to continue in that? Or would you like to take the off-ramp here and drive through the meadows and see the deer and the, the antelope play? You know, what would you like to do here? And they say, nope, I am hell-bent right now. That's where I'm going. You're like, okay, well, let me uh, show you what it costs mm-hmm. to drive like that. And now we're trading time. And I'm going to give you some of my chores. I'm going to give you some things that normally I have to do that I don't want to have to do because you just bought them for me, mm-hmm. you know, with your time. So we're trading time. I took time to endure this thing I don't control about you. We went through it, and you know the clock's running. And every time we start that clock, that bad boy starts at a half hour every single time. <laughs> it's going to be a half hour. Half hour hassle time, and here you go. When you get that done, join us for dinner. When you get that done, we'll leave for your friend's birthday party. When you get that done, there's that video game. When you get that done, then there'll be, you know, you'll have access to freedom and life. Take mm-hmm. your time. Yeah. And if you want to hassle me with this, I can start the clock some more. Yep. And now the child begins to realize, oh, my gosh, I don't control you. I just control the quality of my life going forward. Like, exactly. And that's the offer. So there's no punishment involved, and a lot of parents think, oh, hassle time is a punishment. Nope. Nope. It's no more a punishment than your electricity bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's hard to talk out of. I shouldn't have <laughs> used that one. That's a, I feel punished by that. But, um, you know, it's, I, because I use it, yeah. I pay for it, yeah. you yeah. know? And... Um, and, and if this is what you're going to use, if you're going to use this time to act that way, then here's what it costs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's and there and you can you can you know you can pay for it and 
and you can do it again to, it, later if you want to. Mm-hmm. Are you sure you want to do this? And I got kind of a smile on my face, like, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. And they go, like, I hate it when you smile <laughs> at my poor decisions. <laughs> it's like, well, I won't be paying for it. Totally. Yeah. You know? Learning. I think my favorite exchange of hassle time in our house was between Adeline and Lincoln <laughs> because he was hassling her and she's trying to be patient and all these things, but she feels powerless around his tormenting her of whatever he was doing. And I said, Adeline, you can use hassle time. And she was like, I can. And Lincoln goes, no, she can't. I said, absolutely. She can. And so Adeline says, I'm feeling hassled. And then he's like continuing. And I'm like, no problem, buddy. And he looks at me like, I don't know. He's hanging up on me. I don't really know about this. And he he continued for a little while longer. But like you said, the hassle clock starts around 30 minutes. And so he had about 30 minutes of time that he owed his sister, which the beautiful part of this is that I don't know why – Doing a chore for your sibling feels so much more wrong than having to yeah. do mom and dad's chore. And so he had to do her laundry. Mm-hmm. And he had to bring it downstairs, had to put it in the washer, the dryer, and then fold it and put it back in her room. And then when she got her basket from her him, he she was just so happy. She just <laughs> big old smile. You feel free to hassle me <laughs> totally. anytime. That's <laughs> exactly what happened. And he just was very irritated. And, but the best part is when she said it again, he stopped immediately, you know, and and she only got one of those from him. That's the bummer about this stuff is you got to video (laughs) it just to entertain (laughs) yourself later because they are smart Uh and they're like, I'm not doing that. That's not mine. I can't And, and people say, well, what if I can't get them to do their hassle time? Say, well, you probably can't get them to be respectful either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you got some work to do to catch up to this level of training, but start. Mm-hmm. Start with, I'll be f- glad to finish this conversation when you're respectful. Take your time. Yeah. You know, you won't be fu- I can't get them to be fun. I can't get them to be fun. I can't get them to stay in the room. I can't get them to be- Well, then commit yourself because that's a power struggle you're going to have to win mm-hmm. before they ever believe you. Right. And that's, those are, you know, well, I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to, you know, set that kind of boundary with them. I didn't want to have to sit with them on the bed and hold them. You know, I didn't want to have to, they were freaking out. Like, well, you better figure this out because your child will fight to be the leader mm-hmm. if you don't. Absolutely. Yeah, we would use this as well with bedtime. You know, it it it, it starts to change a little bit at adolescence, but but the, ha- the hassle clock would show up with bedtime often too, mm-hmm. which is a common thing. Parents are like, "What do you do with this child that doesn't want to stay in bed?" Which is pretty much every child. Mm-hmm. But th- that was a really helpful one for us as well. Probably one of my favorite stories with Delaney was yeah. was that just just her figuring out. You know, we we did the power struggle for a few nights, mm-hmm. and then finally looked at each other and went. We actually have a different plan that we've had for a long time. Yeah, we just didn't we, use we it. We all of a sudden have a plan. We have a tool. That's, that's what changed. Yeah. So it was a. Uh, it's so helpful. I, I. I think the thing I keep coming back to in this conversation today is just this idea of respect that this adolescent child is is, growing in a need for respect that they didn't have, in, or in a different way, prior to this moment. But I think the thing I'm I'm thinking about as well is, the parents have the same need. 
And and just just having that exchange right there, like parents, you have the same need. You you want respect too, and it's and it's hard to require that, but not practice it and give it. So, so there's this invitation to teach your child how to how to meet the need you have while meeting their same need. It's just such an important piece, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, this your ability to practice this. Um, the levels of respect in your home, I think, translates a lot for the other question we have. We get often is sibling relationship, you know, yeah. sibling to sibling. So, the we put on display that we have a low tolerance for disrespect, and we will protect connection. And there are consequences for the violators of this. And so that means I have to be willing to jump in and set the standard of respect in the home, and walk out what this looks like. I think that shows up a lot with siblings as parents just like, well, that's just what kids do. Well, it doesn't have to be what yeah. kids do. I mean, I, I'm, I look at our kids and they have their moments, but there's not brawls happening <laughs> at all. There's not fights. No one's screaming. I, there's no screaming in our house. There's never been any screaming. If they're screaming, it's because they're laughing hysterically. That's why they're screaming <laughs> and they're playing. Still, to this day, that's the only screeching that comes from our house. Yeah. It's not intense, harsh conversations or dialogues. I mean, now that they're all older, they're not name-calling or anything like that because we have practiced the exchange of respect in our home with every individual. And, and that's, that is on display. Um, and, you know, it's, I, I love when our babysitters used to tell us, your kids are so nice to each other, and they're my favorite to watch. That that was probably the best compliment any babysitter could ever give me. It's <laughs> true. Is that? And then your kids are starting to give me choices. They're asking for choices. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember Yari. <laughs> Addy once said, "I need choices." <laughs> She's like, "I've never heard a kid ask for choices." I'm like, "Yeah, well, practice." Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Wonderful. All right, adolescent parents, we are cheering you on, and I think the biggest takeaway here is is really that. Um, that respect piece and, and, and mm-hmm. showing up and leading in that and um, keeping the levels of disrespect low and leaning into how do I create a whole and healthy family? How do I listen? How do I hear them? How do I see that need without feeling threatened and my willingness to grow? So wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us on The Kyla Show. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Never miss an episode of The Kylo Show by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch us on the Loving on Purpose YouTube channel. Don't forget to submit your questions and testimonies to thekyloshow.com. The Kylo Show is produced by Ali Armading, co-produced by Ashley Beck and Anna Hill, sound engineer and edited by Taylor Silk, and show promoter Christian Zamora. Don't forget, whole healthy families, gonna save the world.